0: Love Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Love Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning. I want to thank you for acting my limbs, but I want to say my limbs are kicking my foot right about now. But I am going to just press my way through it and I'm going to count it all call it all good, count it all good, Lord have mercy, this is a mess. I got ready for the show today and forgot I didn't even have the mic. I had to go back in the room, grab the mic, and grab everything else, so it's just been a mess. It's all good. So, so I, I just want to give honor honor to you. Well. I also want to thank my loyal listeners for joining myself today, as well as others, as we talk about these interesting topics. Now, many of you that know... My family and auntie, I hope you're listening and calling in. I'm to send you a senior text, and I didn't get a chance to, Mr. Metsa. But today is my uncle's birthday. May he rest in peace, Willie Thompson Jr., known as Billy. I saw when I was looking at her Facebook post that she was on the same page that I was when it came to this because it was her baby brother and my uncle. And uh, he lost his life at a very young age, at age 25, which brings me into this topic. As today we're going to be talking about emotional wreckage. And when we talk about, uh, when you even think about emotions, individuals have a difficult time already expressing complex emotions. Now, I myself, I am a licensed American Family therapist, so I'm things, whether it's working with individuals as it relates to mental health, whether it's with their emotional health, relational issues, and even if it is a court-related issue or a substance abuse issue. Now, with that in mind, a lot of the different scenarios in which I work with individuals on a day-to-day basis, a lot of it still has a big role to play when it comes to dealing with an emotion. I had a method where I had sent my daughter um, a list of childhood books that they are now, a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists have been working on to try to do better when it comes to help individuals, especially children, regulate emotions. Because a lot of this starts in childhood. But you want to throw a little temper tantrum. It wasn't until this weekend that I got to say, I got to, my daughter was bringing some things to my attention, how sometimes I act just like my five-year-old grandson. When he was making animal noise and so sick, I want to get mad and so sick. And boy, this weekend, him and I, we were just locking up like 2 pit bulls. I was so mad because he was be. So I can go walking. And then you're going to tell me, well, I'm not going walking with you. I'm oh like, I don't want you going walking with me. So when we're dealing with emotions, it'd be a lot. And a lot of times, like I said, I thank God also for these emojis that they give us because it can help individuals have a clear and a better idea of what it is they're trying to say. Now, with what's going on today, like I said, it can be... Difficult for individuals to deal with emotions, and sometimes people try to avoid becoming an emotional wreck, which is going to be topic today. Now, emotional wreck is a state of mind or a consciousness where all of one's emotions can be tangled into one big ball of mess. And I mean, it could just be all over the place. My grandson act like he didn't want me there, but then when I was there, he once acting like he wanted to be moving, and I started getting that. and then when it came time for me to leave, he didn't want me to leave, and he going to bring up what he always said, Mr. Tony said, you can't drive at night. So I pulled out my glasses, and I need my glasses, and then. I pulled out my glasses and said, I can see, I can see it. <laughs> so I kind of threw him off because he really wasn't expecting that response, but I knew he was going to come at me with that. I can't drive at night. Now, symptoms clean are becoming confused with entangled emotions, ideas regarding what to be angry about or sad about. Those are just two emotions that most individuals with is anger. And up under the anger can be a lot of different other emotions, such as frustration, betrayal, lack of trust, being diseased, it, it can be a variety of different things. Now, with today's show, we're going to be addressing how to deal with emotional wreckage as well as what to do about it in a positive way. I had brought up when I was doing my Facebook Live with DMX, and I guess it's kind of led to me with this topic, when he said, y'all going to make their lose time up in here, up in here, because that is... How a lot of individuals are feeling. I woke up this morning watching the, the trial of George Foreman. I mean, just daughter. My daughter said it before. I said it before the 40th Prince George Foreman. She said, "Mom, what are you gonna do?" I said, "Cook hamburgers." George Floyd. So I apologize for mispronouncing his name. But just the emotions that is going on with individuals as is the guy to be found guilty. Or is it going to be a home jury? Now, obviously, know just by looking at what happened, you know, and I remember my used to always say either you can confuse a person or you can convince a person. And in most cases, they're going to give up because they're going to become so frustrated with being confused versus being convinced of something. So we're going to see how that's going to go. And we want to make sure – that we still remember that God is in control and it is in His hands and ain't nobody getting away with nothing. So when you are feeling a certain way, somebody else to feel what you're feeling, it's like when a person is talking to you and say you're you feel me. You're to always feel them, but we need to make sure that they as we have a better understanding of what it is we are dealing with or going through. So I want to put that out there. Now, in addition to that, by talking about emotions, I want to bring up stress. Many individuals are under a great deal of stress. And stress can be good stress or bad stress. I mean, right now, my daughter and Tina, teacher, we all trying to get ready for my first grandchild to go to college, and she is so stressed out, and she's worried about the money part of it and all of this, and we sit sitting up here trying to figure out. And I, uh, my daughter, I was like, you know, we're going to start a GoFundMe account, which we're not going to do, but I just threw that out there just to try to reduce the anxiety of my first grandchild getting ready to go to college, because she, of all people, is the one that's worried about the money part of it. And I'm telling her, that's not you to be worried about. All I need for you to do is pick what school you go go to, and then we will go next. Because that's just basically how I feel about that. Like they say, if you're going to worry, don't worry. If you don't worry. I'm very proud of the fact that my granddaughter is on her way to college, but I do not need for her to be worried about how she's going to get it paid for because we got it. so. It'll work itself out. Like I tell her, your job make sure you go to school and you don't go to school. So everything else, it will be taken care of. Now, when we started talking about just these, and I'm looking at some of the stuff that I was, when I was getting this and putting this show together, we started talking about an emotional wreck. And some might say, well, how can I help if I am an emotional wreck? Or if I am close to considered an emotional breakdown, and like I said, when we talk about stress stress and bad stress, we have the stress of getting ready for college. Some individuals are getting ready for the birth of their child or getting ready to go back to school. You know, those are things that can be, are supposed to, getting married. Spring is here. Summer's coming up. We're going to be having people getting married. They're going to be celebrating their marriages. And all of this stuff, these are things that should make a person happy. I celebrated my birthday last week. Not to say I stressed, but when I started aging and how much money I spent, I was like, this is actually a problem. But it was all good because I was able to do it. But good stress can become overwhelming. And then we have the bad stress, poor health, the loss of a job. Some individuals are dealing with um, covid some, you know, some individuals are dealing with divorce. So there's a lot of things that can also be considered a death in a family, bad stress. And these can also take a toll on you. So we have to decide or we have to get to the point where it talks about emotional signs of too much stress. Now, I'm looking at something, and it's online, and it's from helpline.com, and I was also looking at a text message I received from my brother-in-law that I've got to find out if he's talking about it. But they have what's called an overview, and stress and emotional tension or mental strain is all too common feeling for us, and we know that. Because sometimes it just becomes, or sometimes things can just become too much, and handle it. You know, they used to always say that God don't give you no more than you can bear, and I used to go to church sometimes be like, Lord, I think you've got me to stick with somebody, because this is a little bit too much. I want to rid of this. Now, this is according to American Psychological Association, the average stress level of an adult in the United States years ago was 5.1 on a scale between 1 to 10. Now, we know with COVID, we know with what's been happening in our world, with systemic racism, with you know, those away from college trying to find a home or buy a home in California, and then turning into this boomerang child where they got to go back home. It can be stressful. Now, they tell me most signs of stress that, that one can do to re- and manage them. The first thing they talked about was depression. Now, with depression, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America defines depression as an illness in which the individual experiences a persistent and severe low mood. As a therapist, you know, the one thing I really don't like to deal with is depression. I can do the anxiety, the anger, I can do all of that. I can do the dissociative identity disorder, but the depression, that low mood, that lack of motivation, the having the the, the thoughts of sometimes something wanting to commit suicide, the suicidal ideation. Now, but when you are dealing with depression, because depression is real. It can be mild. It can be mild. And there are a lot of individuals today that are dealing with depression. And they feel like life is over for them or they don't have to handle certain situations. But there is help out there. You can contact the nominee. I got some information today. i to go back and get it. But even with military personnel, besides using military one source or
1: um, intellect,
0: there's a number guy gave me a number about de-stress, where you can call a number and speak to other individuals that are veterans, and they can help walk you through some things. So there are individuals that may have been through what you are going through, and they can help you. Now, research also suggests that there is a need between high levels of stress and the onset of depression, meaning that individuals get so caught up. And one of the studies of over 800 women is between different types of stress and major depression. So we want to make sure with treatment, reach out to a mental health professional, both psychotherapy and medication, character treatment. But I always tell individuals, appeal don't fix the problem. So if you know dealing with depression, don't be afraid of the medication regimen, but by that token, talk it out, work it out. Support groups, mindfulness techniques, and exercise also. So sometimes when you're feeling some kind of way and you all caught up in your emotions, you make a decision, take a time out, go exercise, go for a walk, get some fresh air, do not make a decision based on your emotions. Now, this one is about has to do with anxiety. Now, anxiety, as individuals may not know, is a little different from depression in its characteristic. When we talk to feelings of overwhelm or feelings like, just, "Oh my God, I can't get out of bed." Now, like depression, studies have suggested that also stress can be linked to anxiety disorder. So what happens is a lot of times it becomes so stressed out, like my granddaughter was when she was trying to decide what to do So my granny is an out of state tuition fee and granny is gonna cost me three fifty or eight thousand dollars, she's on a semester and then I'm like, oh, okay, we I don't know about the whole semester but we go we to decrease your anxiety. They worry about that. Now again. In a study that was done, they investigated the effects of stress levels at home and at work on anxiety and depression level. Now, that individuals that who experience a high level of work are more likely to have more symptoms also of anxiety and depression. So work stress, a lot of teachers are dealing with whether to go back to work, retire, which a lot of individuals that I know are now in this mode of, should I retire, stay to work, especially if you work for the school district. The first time I retired, I retired at 33 years old. Thank God. Didn't know what I was doing. I didn't stay retired. I pursued my addiction. Now I've been the owner of the Center for the Treatment of Addiction for 16 years. And the owner of J.A. Precious, Inc. for 10 years. So now I'm about to go into another retirement. It's opening so many other doors for me. I'm not going to just sit down and lay down, but by that same token, I want to make sure my, my mind is right in regards to how I'm able to focus. And now, like Ginger Washington said in The Great Debater, I did what I had to do, so now I do what I want to do. By the way, so God, thank you. Now, when we talked about these different levels of anxiety, reach out to a mental health professional. I want to say that individuals are or have become ve- much better with that. Before, or the issue of therapy is not as taboo as it used to be. So more individuals are reaching out either through their EAP, which is the Employee Assistance Program, which is confidential, to individuals as it is paid for by your employer to address medical issues. If you have insurance that guide Obamacare, Affordable Care Act, more individuals have insurance than not, and their are also covers mental health. There's online platforms for individuals to reach out. There's crisis lines. There's a lot of different ways that individuals can connect with someone to let some of this stuff go. There's also do not minimize a life coach because there are some life coaches out there that have a great deal of experience and can help individuals get through some things. So, again, reach out to a mental health professional. Treatment options also may include psychotherapy and medication, and alternative complementary treatments are available to those who prefer a natural approach. Because not everybody is going to want to deal with or take medications, but you can do like I've been doing and drinking me some, drinking me some turmeric, you know, and i got a little cup that says make today amazing. So I'm going to make the best of it, no matter how bad arthritis is kicking my butt, but I'm going to make the best of it. Now the next one and talking about the different moods and talking about emotions, is irritability especially when it comes to stress. Individuals are becoming very irritable, short-tempered. They don't know what's going on in most cases. They can't really connect it to something because they got so much going on with how they're feeling about things. So they become quite irritable. And I think that's what was going on with me when I was at my daughter's house. I was just irritable. Everything was getting on my nerves. And I know I was in pain, so that much wasn't, but I've been doing the same for over a year. I was just so irritable. Now, irritability and anger can become common traits in individuals who are stressed. And in one of the studies that indicated that the higher level of anger were associated both mental stress and the possibility of stress-related heart attacks. Got to be careful with that. I told my son I was on Facebook and I was going back and forth with him. I was like, I don't talk to you no more. I'm done with you. Cause that young man got away. I used to always say, "Clap like I didn't have no more nerves left. But you know, technically, we, I do. But another thing I want to say is, we gotta learn how to take a time out, separate yourself from the situation, so that you don't to respond or say something or do something. Hi, Rava right. I see you watching, right. You can call in on this show because we're talking about emotional racism. And I want to know from your position and your group, how are individuals dealing with their emotions so that they don't lose their mind or go out there and do some of the things happening today? Because we're seeing a high number of gun-related incidents. Um domestic violence, child abuse, all of that stuff tied tied into emotions and how they react and responded so me, give me a call, and also if you wanna call in if you wanna join me on the show, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Robert, i one two six three eight seven one nine one four right to bring me in on the camera i'm a i am got a, a new gadget, so I want to bring you in Rara. I know you're like, auntie, okay, I'm adding you on Facebook Live, me. It's see adding. I don't know if you're at work. I hope you're not. So, again, when we start talking about another thing that happens, when we're talking about emotional um, wreckage, individuals are not aware, but this can also lead to a no-sex drive. Now, when individuals are having a low sex drive, sometimes, oh, she de- why don't you decline my video invitation? <laughs> all right, Rara, you can still call in. I guess you're going to say, Auntie, I went here, wasn't done. Auntie, I didn't want to be on video, but call in, Rara, at least I way you your voice. So, getting back to the low sex drive, and some individuals, too much stress can have a negative impact on sex drive. Meaning some individuals use sex as a way to relieve stress, but by that same token, that don't always work because your body parts may not always want to work for they to. So that can impact and have desire on an individual to, to where they're, they're, it can mess with their desire to be intimate with another person. So they did a study and what happens is that chronic stress had a negative impact on sexual arousal. Now, the research suggested that both high levels of cortisol and the high chance of being distracted led to lower levels of arousal. They just wasn't in it. She said, I'm sorry, hand me back. Okay, Rara, I'm pressing the button now. you could have made it easier for yourself by just calling in, but you don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, so getting back to that, in regards to the treatment, reducing stress can help restore your sex drive and improve your libido. Self-care. Now, I did a few shows and talked about self-care. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to take care of yourself mentally, physically, physically, Spiritually, I don't know why it's doing this, Rara. It's not letting me add you Rara So you might want to just call in on the show Because I see what you said. Sorry add me back, but I'm trying to bring it in it and it's not letting me and I'm pressing the button They receive an invite I, Rara, I'm trying to use this. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just pressing buttons so again Reducing your stress can restore sex drive and improve your libido. Self-care techniques and exercise are a few ways of raising your self-confidence and also improving communication. You know, a lot of times individuals have a difficult time or it's very difficult for them to express how they are feeling. I want to also say um, there's a lady uh, that I know that I work with, She's what you call a sex coach. Now, she only worked with married couples because she's not trying to have individuals, and I'm not trying to judge anyone, what they do in their sex life. But, however, she don't want individuals or be responsible for them. She works with married couples, and um, she helps them in that area. So if you want to know more information about her, give me a call, and I don't mind sharing her information. And he's also been on the air with me before talking about these different things. Now, another area we talk about emotional wreckage is the compulsive behavior. Even as a therapist, even when I was a school bus driver, I can tell when kids was out of control emotionally, something was always going on with their behavior. And you will see a lot, in most cases, compulsive Irrational behavior. Now, there has been a long link between stress and addictive behavior. Even some individuals will not medicate drugs and alcohol. Some individuals will basically engage in reckless behavior, gambling, pornography. Those are some of the things that happen when individuals are not in tune with their emotions. Some individuals need to be chain smokers. They're constantly smoking cigarettes. And they say that the cigarette or smoking kind of calms them down. So therefore, you know, something's going on with their emotions. Now, when we started talking about that, and one of the things that they've done is on paper, it's on the idea of stress-related changes in the brain may play a role in the development of addiction. Now, according to researchers, they indicated that chronic, Stress can change the physical nature of the brain to promote habit and addictive forming behavior. A habit and addictive. So when we start wondering why are we doing these things? What's going on? We need to, like I said, chill out, take a break, work with you. They also found that even a certain certain individuals genetic variations can play a further role in stress response to vulnerability towards addiction. So when I went for my birthday to the casino, I started seeing a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a while. I was like, am going, going to the casino during COVID? Was I don't know, I didn't even ask. I was, they were just like, haven't seen you in a long time? You didn't? Mm-hmm. But when I left there and I started seeing a whole, I said, uh-uh, I'm not like a death trap." I'm to be around all of these people, but I understand that individuals wanted to get out. I understand that I was not celebrating my birthday, but individuals are dealing with some emotional stuff, and a bit into emotional trauma. I want to talk about some of these things, but I also want to make sure that you if you want to know more about this information, I'm getting it from healthline.com. And when it goes into the compulsive behavior, they talk about the treatment. Healthier mm-hmm. lifestyle habits can help reduce the problem and the compulsive behavior. Problematic, it's a problem, and it's compulsive. Now for more serious compulsive behaviors. You're going to need some professional help, you know. So if you're dealing with gambling, they have gamblers anonymous. If you're dealing with um, sexual behaviors, if you're dealing with addictions to drugs or alcohol, those are things you really just can't do by yourself. Some individuals have done it cold turkey, but that don't work for everyone. And some people say, I have willpower. Sometimes we need a higher power to help with that. We can't do that all by ourselves. Now, the National Institute on Drug Abuse has resources for starting the road to recovery, and these can include what you consider a lifestyle change and recommendation to help manage stress because you've got to be able to manage your stress. Now, I talked a little bit about irritability. I want to talk a little bit about the mood scene when we start talking about our emotions. Because when individuals are doing some things, like in a few minutes, um, Jeanette will be hangry because I didn't eat breakfast. this week. I know I had oatmeal. But I got to eat. I got to fix me something to eat. But if I don't fix me something to eat, it's going to be a problem because I'm going to have moving. Now, many emotional effects or emotional stress can leave you experiencing mood swings. They did a research. And when they did the research, they found that when they gave individuals a stress test on psychology with the mood and the cognition, it is very difficult to think when you are having a mood swing. Now, we started talking about the stress. A lot of times the stress can impact people's moods because they're worrying about things. They're concerned about things. They may be afraid that something's going to happen. And with many other signs of stress, they can see how it, it on their overall mood. Why are you in a bad mood? I'm worried about this. I'm stressed out about this. I try not to let things really get to me, and I do a good job. But I know I'm hungry. I'm hungry, you know. And one of my co-therapists, sister from another mother, she's always saying, "I got to make sure you got some Scooby snacks." So I have been losing weight. I'm doing a better practice may come up, and i got to be blood tested again for diabetes, and I don't want the diabetes. Now, treatment, when we start talking about these mood swings, reducing your stress, enjoying nature, celebrating with friends and family. Now, when you celebrate with friends and family, please don't celebrate with family that you know go get on your nerves. Don't celebrate with family members that you've got some unresolved issues with because you're not going to go well because you're going to be tensed up like you're constipated when you're in a they, hey, presence. Now, and also mindfulness techniques. So forget, for more serious mood swings that don't go away, reach out to a mental health professional for help. Meaning, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what, I can't get this person out of my mind. Now, I find that to be true when a lot of individuals are married and they are dealing with some issues whether it's infidelity whether it's lack of trust whether it's you know whatever that they're dealing with a lot of times that can cause emotional wreckage as it's wrecking the relationship going down this road and you driving and you want to make sure you have um, you, you have a safe trip but that wreckage, that accident, that, you know, that emotional just drain and strain. Now, we know, like I said, even when we start talking about stress, stress is normal. But what happens when it becomes too much? Too much. I was watching a movie the other day, and it was called Monogamy. Every weekend when I go to L.A. or college, it's like I binge watch on TV. And... um. The show was about couples, and they were going to experience and they was really having some difficulties with their mates. So they swapped mates. Now, you were a total stranger that seemed like you connect with this stranger because you are getting to know this person. This person is getting to know you, but you can't connect the person it's married to. Now, when I was watching the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows, I was trying to connect with what was going on. And I think I watched two episodes. I probably watched about eight or ten hours of a show. But I learned a lot because I was able to relate to what some of the individuals were going through. But a lot of times, individuals will feel that you or nobody else understands what they're dealing with. And, again, that's not always the case. What you don't want to do and you want to try to make sure you avoid is what I said, a emotional breakdown or dealing with emotional trauma. Now, because sometimes what happens is what happened could have happened a long time ago, and you still could be what we call feeling some kind of way about it. So I want to talk you a little bit about the emotional drama because we got to learn how to understand that and that becomes a relational issue because sometimes we get connected we date and we marry individuals that could be an emotional wreck and you going in it with good intentions of thinking that you can make this person's life better and yet Now, they have infected you, and it's impacting your view on life, relationships, and in some situations, even marriages. So even in therapy, I always ask the person about their childhood, where their views, their core belief system comes from, because you've got to be able to get to the root of the problem. I'm not saying that you have to stay there or you're blame it on that. But it's very helpful and mindful if you can relate and identify where some of this is coming from and not being so hard on yourself or judging about how you're doing or reacting to certain situations. And it's the trauma. The trauma is not just like with PTSD, not just the event with itself, but how you felt and feel about the event. Now, we talk about understanding emotional and psychological trauma, and I'm looking at an article, and it talks about the psychological and emotional trauma is the damage or injury to the psyche after going through something that was extremely frightening and distressful or distressing. Now, earlier in the show, I was talking about I I said that birthday to my Uncle Billy. My Uncle Billy was murdered at the age of 25. 25. And my family, a lot of men didn't make it past 25 because they were murdered. And it's sad because I was a teenager when my Uncle Billy was murdered, but I dealt with a lot of emotions behind it, Because I was always family-orientated. I was one. Just on Facebook, somebody was having a a centennial class of 79 or whatever. I know goodwill. They invited me. They thought I was in class of 79, but I wasn't. My auntie was. I was just always around my older cousins and my aunties and uncles. So I kind of grew up fast, but I didn't do the drugs and the drinking and you know, we get to clubs. Like one of my auntie's friends was telling me happy birthday, and I told her, "I said, yeah." Now older than I'm not, have to use your ID to get to a club anymore because I used to at 16 use her her ID because we kind of favor to get into a, a nightclub. So I was doing that at a young age. Well, my uncle was murdered. The night he was murdered, I'll never forget the phone call because I answered the phone when they called my mother. I he wanted me to go to that party with him. To the party with him because I got the call and the call basically was that one of them tell your mother one brother is dead and the other brother was shot. And the brother that was shot, life ain't never really been the same. And the one that was dead died instantly. But he left behind children. And I watched his children grow up dealing on with an emotional roller coaster. And so I carried a lot of that in front of mine, a lot of that, and I'll never forget when my uncle one time wanted. He was upset because a uncle, one of my other uncles, was murdered before him, and it was Thanksgiving. And I knew my uncle was upset. He was a hot mess. I followed him to the people's house who he thought killed my other uncle. I was riding that. I was a that kid. Come on, let's go. But I put myself in dangerous situations following my uncles, aunties, my cousins, but that's what it was. But I knew my uncle was a hot mess, and he was miserable. He was miserable. But at 25, killed, one shot. Now, the trauma of that impacted my family for many, many years. Now, I'm not was to he was an angel. I'm not going to say that, but by that same token, he was still a human being that did not have to die at the age of 25. Now, when we start talking about the events that may result as functioning or coping normally after any event, while each person who experienced a traumatic event will react differently, like I said, I'm just glad I wasn't at the party because if I was at the party, everybody would have shot me too because I would have been out there fighting right along with my uncle. But thank God I said no. I have a band tournament to go to. I can't go. I'm And truth mm-hmm. told, my grandmother begged my uncle not to go to that party. Begged him. He went and he was killed. Now, We're not talking about individuals where we act differently. Many do recover well with proper support systems and do not experience long-term problems. Some individuals, however, experience traumatic, that is, experience try to event, will develop challenges directly following the event. Now, like I said earlier, emotional wreckage. Them two incidents between my two, that was a total disaster for my family. And I was a teenager, and I was 10 years old, my first uncle. To my 15 years old, my second uncle. Now, the ability to recognize the psychological and emotional trauma has undergone a revolution throughout years until recently psychologists only note uh, what they talk about people that have been in Or, you know, that's why some people say people growing up in Compton, go to New York or Chicago, you know, how they look at individuals when we talk about PTSD. But I want to let individuals know that get some help, talk to people. Talk to somebody. Don't hold in. Because if you hold that in, it's going to come out in your behavior. Whether it's to drugs, whether it's to alcohol, whether it's kind of mental health issues, relational issues, employment issues, help is available if you experience some type of trauma. Sometimes individuals will ask me, how do you survive all this? I did not view it the way most people view it. I handled things differently, but it's not like I didn't go through some things. So when we start talking about being a wreck, being what you call a hot mess, how to to deal with some of these symptoms without blaming somebody else for how you feel, because that's one of the things that a lot of individuals do is they'll blame other people. You blame it on your mama. You blame it on your father. You blame it on your, your spouse. You blame it on God. Some people blame things on Obama. That's not going to fix your emotions until you sit in it, acknowledge it, and be willing to redirect it and do something about it. Now, when I say do something about it, I want to say do something in a positive way. Now, I'm going to skip a little bit because I want to talk about a nervous breakdown. Because when individuals are going through to funerals and they have to bury their loved ones and they have to deal with children who are struggling or themselves they may be struggling, I've heard of a nervous breakdown. But I used to say, you know, nerves really don't break down. And I used to always say, like I said, my favorite word was, I'm going to y'all get on my last nerve. I want to give you some information. It's coming from thehealthy.com, and it talks about seven sign that you're headed for a nervous breakdown. Because sometimes people can see it in you that you don't see. You know, they can look at your eyes, they can tell by your behavior, by your speech, by your tone, something's not right. Now, if you're stressed and experiencing these symptoms, you might be ready to snap. Now, even though I'm a therapist and I have a very strong discernment I'm not trying to be getting people in trouble and all that other stuff, but I can pick up on when you're telling me the truth or you're telling me what you want me to hear or when your situation is just to the point to where if you don't do something about this and how you're feeling about this, you might go to the left and do something that you should not be doing. And a lot of times individuals may not want to admit it, but they feel in some kind of way about some, especially when we talking about relationship issues. Because so you got people going to places, shoot up the place, buy. Them. But that's not going to help you. So definitely not going to help. Now, a nervous breakdown isn't an official medical term or mental illness, but everyone has some idea of what the phrase means. Now, although there's no precise definition, I like that part. There's a precise definition. And it generally describes the feeling of being under so much prolonged stress that you feel like you're reaching a breaking point. And like I said, when DMX said, the late DMX, y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. Y'all going to make me act a fool up in here, (laughs) up in here. Because that's what most people do. They feel it. They act it out and then they think about it later. And by that time, sweet, Because you gotta feel it, think, and then your response will be different. Now when we start talking about this breaking point. Now if you feel you're having a nervous breakdown, it can be a, it can be indicative of an underlying mental illness that you may need to talk to someone about like right away, like right now, right now. Meaning there's some things going on. you need to talk to somebody. Don't be ashamed. Sometimes people say, well, I don't think that person connected with me. That person is there to hear you out. And what happens is the client will then project their feelings onto the therapist and get mad because the therapist didn't react and respond the way they were supposed to or wanted them to, but the therapist is going to be neutral. The therapist is there to listen to you, to help guide you, Not to, when you say, ah, they say, ah, with you, you know, but by the same token, they just want to make, you just need to make sure they are able and have the ability to help you with what you're going through. Now, a nervous breakdown needs to be treated both medically and psychologically. And the way they explain it is that there's a lot of new treatment available, so don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't worry about being judged. But these are some of the signs that you might be about to have a nervous breakdown or reaching your breaking point. You can't concentrate. Now, when we say you can't concentrate, a lot of times individuals lose focus on things that's important or what happens is in the short-term stress, your brain power releases what they consider um, hormones that enhance memory storage. Of concentration, but in the long term. But when you start talking about when you can't concentrate, it's like there's this mental block. There's things that can affect your ability to focus on things, even around your surroundings, thriving, working on a project, being in school. What happens is they say that there's an excess amount of stress hormone or the cortisol that can lead to memory loss. You just can't concentrate. So another thing that happens is you can't stop eating. Some individuals are what you consider an emotional eating. Now, do, do you reach a, for a pint of ice cream or a candy bar after a long day of work? Sometimes people say, well, I'm going to treat myself. I used to like saying I like going to the Smuggler's bar or the buffet but I don't eat all my food. I really don't eat a lot. I just want food around me. But if you've gotten to the point where you just can't stop eating, that can be a problem. So what happens is, individuals get into what's called a fight or flight syndrome. So the problem is when you're stressed for reasons that you don't, that they don't involve crazy levels of physical activity, you know what happens? It's the chemicals in the brain will trick you into a temporary feeling of feeling better. That food, that ice cream, I don't even care for sweets unless it's like a cake with buttercream icing and a lemon cake with lemon icing. Other than that, I can do without it. But watch how your appetite. Some individuals won't eat at all, and some individuals will overeat. They can't eat. Now, another way of knowing if you are getting close to the age, you know, that was, I talked about the DMS, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. The other thing that just popped in my head was, don't push me because I'm close to the age. I'm trying not to lose my head. You know, because sometimes (laughs) it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. That right there is when you're dealing with so much stuff, it's like, don't do that, but Charles said, make my day. Now another one is your stomach is upset all the time. Now with the stomach is interesting because some individuals can become or have difficulties using the bathroom and they become constipated because they are so stressed out. Or you could be like my mother, my mother and I, when stuff when I would say he's the van. We had many conversations with her in the bathroom, sitting on the toilet. Cause I would bust right in that bathroom and be like, "Mom, what you gonna do about this? Mother, what are you gonna do?" I was that. I was to believe I was that child. She running the bathroom. I run in the bathroom right behind her. What is your plan? How are we gonna get out of this one? So when your stomach is upset all the time, sometimes stress and anxiety can manifest itself as stomach aches and cramps. So we got to be aware of that. And these symptoms can include abdominal pain, constipation, bloating, gas, and diarrhea, and individuals can have what's called irritable bowel syndrome. And all of that can be linked to long-term stress. So you've got to work on some of the stress that you're dealing with because you could be close to a nervous breakdown. Also, you stop caring about how you look. People start letting themselves go. Hygiene, walking around, don't want to bathe, don't want to comb your hair. Now, I was complaining about not want to comb my hair because it had nothing to do with all of that. It would be like the virus was keeping my butt in my fingers, so I couldn't comb my hair. But neglecting basic self-care is a clear sign of a serious mental distress. When you got to the point to where somebody needs to come in and put some water on you, because you have having relations or non-relations with open water, that's a problem. So not caring about your teeth, don't want to brush your teeth, not caring about your clothes, your clothes with soil. So stress can do so much to where it can make you not even want to care about yourself. Another thing when you're about to, another area of concern is you have a defensive posture. Have you ever looked at someone and thought, this person is depressed, or this person looks like they're ready to fight somebody, or no matter what you say, they're going to come, at a, come back with an attack? Then you know that that individual is going through some things. Another one, you can't sleep through the night. When something is weighing on your mind, it can cause you to have difficulty sleeping through the night you constantly getting up, going back to sleep, having nightmares. You know, those are things that you're going to have to work through because chronic insomnia goes hand-in-hand with chronic stress and could be a warning sign of a nervous breakdown. Some individuals talk in their sleep, too. So if you're in a bed with your significant other and you're noticing that he's having a conversation in his sleep, or she's having a conversation in her sleep, and she's tossing and turning, you want to let them know, I got you, I'm here. You know, don't wake them up in the middle of that because you don't know how they may act or respond. But sleep, sleep has a lot to do with your emotions. And you're overwhelmed with a feeling of dread, meaning you're constantly worried about something. Something's just not right or you're paranoid about something, those constant worry about something but don't know exactly what you're worried about can be a problem, especially if you're close to a nervous breakdown. So I the information in regards to how to go about getting help. Don't be ashamed to go get help. Don't think it's just you. A lot of individuals, like I said, my phone is blowing up, ringing off the hook. so if there's some therapists out there that are looking to pick up some clients, please inbox me and let me know. Give me your contact information. I do not mind sending clients your way because I got way too much going. on. One of the things that happens with the emotional wreckage, sometimes we be so all over the place we don't take time to enjoy life. We Bring on too many projects at one time. Some individuals say, well, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I want to stay busy. They consider busy being under Satan's yoke. You don't want to become so busy that you lose focus and stop doing what the things that you enjoy doing because you're just trying to stay busy doing something. That's not healthy. So I gave you some information as it relates to the emotional wreckage, meaning how we crash how we shut down, how we deplete all of our energy. That's the wreckage where our emotions are just all over the place. We talked a little bit about emotional stress, um, a nervous breakdown, how to know if you're having an emotional breakdown. We talked about emotional trauma, things and events that happened in our past that was very traumatic. Talked about how we can overcome some of these things. We talked about emotional distress. When our body is in that fight-or-flight syndrome, we're distressed. It's telling us like an airline pilot or an airline, something's going on, and we an autopilot. But I want you to know, you do not have to suffer in silence. You do not have to deal with this in silence, because sometimes individuals that know you and care about you can pick up that something's not right. I was sharing last week or talking about my trip to Glen Ivy. It was great. De just decomposed, just thread just like an onion pulling some of that stuff off. Because our brain, our mind is powerful. So I want to make sure that you guys know take care of yourself. Because using drugs and alcohol counterproductive. Don't help. Putting your emotions onto someone else or projecting them onto someone else, it's not going to fix your pain. It's not going to solve your pain by blaming someone else. You're going to have to get to the root of what's going on. And for those of you that are out there dating, if you see someone and they're dating or trying to talk to you, guide them in the right direction. Don't make their situation worse because you know you messed up and then they messed up and now y'all just got a hot mess and a toxic relationship. So a lot of times that's what individuals think that they're trying to connect. But what you do is you develop a trauma bond when you do that, and that makes matters worse. So I want to thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening. Get in touch with your emotions. Be able to identify your emotions. We are creatures of habit. Many individuals do not know how to resolve conflicts because just knowing that they're about to endure conflict can cause any, some type of anxiety or you can have an emotional reaction to things. And no matter what happened with the George Floyd case and what's happening with the other incidents of the police shooting, let's check our emotions. I know it hurts. I know it can be personal. But we have to do better. We really have to do better. And if you're out there in law enforcement, there's help for you too out there to help you deal with your emotions so that individuals don't become on this, on this power trip and go out there and wreck the lives and hurt individuals. Now, I don't know what my topic is going to be tomorrow. I guess I'll figure that out sometime tonight. But I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio, and I hope that you was get, that you that actually got something out of today's topic because wreckage can destroy you. Don't wreck yourself. Take care of yourself. Treat yourself. Emotional intelligence, emotional maturity. So, again, thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Until the next time, remember, you got this, and help is available. And if you need to contact me, you can reach me by calling my office number at 714-992-1677. I'm not trying to take on a new client. However, I will do my best to try to guide you in the right direction. And please keep my family in prayer, and please keep my uncle's children in prayer, as today is his birthday bye-bye